0: Baby Talks, I sit down with John Lee. Interesting interview, a lot about business, but also personal. I hope you enjoy it, and if you want to see the video version, you can go to my YouTube channel.
1: Hey, John. Hey, brother.
0: Nice to have you here.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. I'll start with a sincere question. Is how
1: are you really doing? Personally or business-wise? Personally. Personally, so, um, well, I've got this, so this tracks everything. Uh, really stressed right now. Really stressed. Uh, really stressed.
0: Really stressed. It's a tough start to the
1: to the year. It's just so much happening. Do You know, like people always say, they're scared of failure, scared of success. It's like right now, it's a curve. So we just took our company public. I remember. So that's just like everyone's like, oh my god, you're just so like it's perfect. I said, no, this is just a start. This is where everything happens. It's a different game now. Different game. Expansion, team, scalability, thought process. You know, it's like there isn't enough hours in the day you know, and that, to get stuff that's done. That's
0: funny you say that because I always feel I wish I can buy an extra hour or two oh. because by the end of the day when I actually want to go to sleep I'm like, okay, I have mm. five hours to yeah. sleep. Yeah. I'm like, I wish I can get seven,
1: you know, yeah. or six. So, But everybody has 24, that's the game. But it's interesting because the reason why I got this is because... What, yeah. What is that? So this is ordering it, it tracks your sleep. So for example... You know, let's say we go to bed. Let's say we go to bed at nine, right? And then we wake up at like six. People think, oh, we, you know, we've we've had, you know, eight, eight, nine hours sleep. That's all we need. But actually, your actual sleep time is that's that's the most important part. So the, the reason why sleep. not just that rapid eye movement. Yeah. So that's when your brain rem, starts reparing. REM sleep, or yeah. Yep. And then you got your deep sleep, and you got your light sleep, and that's why if you look at how long you sleep. For me, like the reason why, you know, because I'm flying everywhere, I'm having an hour sleep here, three hours sleep here, four hours sleep here, so it does it start to take a. It does take like your thought process, your thinking, your decision making. Yeah. So yeah. what
0: does that it just tracks your sleep and gives you a report? Everything. Everything. So you sleep with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you know, I just I just opened the app. It's actually just sent me a notification now saying that I've been inactive for six hours. I need to get up and move.
0: Okay. Right?
1: But it's got this sleep readiness. Yeah. So for example, you know, last night I had um, 79% sleep efficiency.
0: Not bad. Right.
1: But here's the interesting thing I had my sleep, I had three and a half hours, 44% of my sleep was deep sleep, but only 13% of which was less than an hour was R, which is rapid eye movement. Yeah. So that should be actually 20%. Yeah. So I find that when I get more sleep, I can think better, I can function better. Because an entrepreneur, you have so many demands. You're trying to run a company, you're trying to do all of this and expand and grow. So it is stressful.
0: And now the stressful or turbulent, in a healthy way, I'll say, uh, start to the year, do you think it's affecting you personally, as John, as a family guy?
1: Definitely, definitely. So like traveling around. So for example, normally I fly here by myself, but I flew my family here this time. So, cause I've, just, and I'm a father now and my daughter, she's going really fast. I don't want to miss those moments. For sure. So I'm like, you're going to fly out with me. We can spend time together. Two I can wake one. up in the morning. So that's another thing that affects sleep as well. You For know, sure. like Kira's waking up. It's like, da, 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 da. So I'm like, okay, I'm here, but I only had this much sleep. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's trying to manage your personal life and a business and trying to take it, you know, to the next level. It's, it's, I'm, it's, it's, it's very it's, it's a lot of demand that's Correct. why you have to every single day focus on mastering this you know like athletes i would say athletes they condition in their body but with entrepreneurs we have to condition this this is our and, and also our body as well but it's the way we think and how we manage i things. think they're
0: very connected mm. like you notice a lot of successful people are very stringent on their exercise regime or their sleep regime mm. or, because your body, like healthy mind, healthy body, and they, they're, very, they're married. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I would, I've never had a great relationship with sleep because I ignore it, <laughs> and I compromise it for
1: work. How many hours many sleep do you get on, on, on average? Five to six. Okay, that's probably around four, three and a half to four then, of them. For example. I've actually sleep Which is time. not great.
0: You know, mm. and now I, I said no. I need to do six to seven mm. at least. Mm. I'll be okay. And
1: uh, yeah, and it makes a difference.
0: You feel different. You don't yawn so much during the day. I guess Definitely. you're more focused. Mood mood is better.
1: Mm. Like sometimes when people sleep, and you know, we talk about this because as an entrepreneur or just just a function in life at, at the high level of excellence, you have to have that thinking ability. Now sometimes when people sleep too long, it's like like today when I got okay, did I get enough sleep today? Yes, okay, get out of bed, mm. right? Did I get not enough sleep today? So what people do is they start taking naps, yeah. which is also not good. Right? I used to take a lot of naps, so the best thing is to have like, focused sleep without disturbance.
0: Childhood. How was John's childhood?
1: Um, <laughs> well, I, got, I went through a lot of bullying. Bullying? Yeah. Interesting. So where I grew up is a, a little place outside of um, so I'm from the UK. So outside of a place called Manchester, yeah. there's a place called Burnley. And next to that, you have a and I know the football Kong. team. So. You know, football team, right? So next to Burnley, is a place called Kong. So I was, me and my brother were the only Chinese people um, in school. So we get bullied a lot. You know, it's like, you know, Ching Chong Chinaman. My nickname was Bruce Lee. You know, it's like.
0: And just straight up, like. Straight
1: up, straight up. So, it's, it's so
0: interesting, you know, John, a lot of the guests that I've come on the show, and a very recurring topic is bullying. And I think it's such a, a, not enough focus is given to bullying. Like everybody's like, ah, it's just bullying. It really affects people, like mm-hmm. really. I've had people completely break down in interviews talking about how bad it was for them. Mm-hmm. And you never think, as a child, if you didn't go through it, and feel it in your bones, and feel you know, embarrassed, you don't know with how bad it can be because mm. it's not physical beating only like the physical beating probably is the easy part
1: mm. It's the mental and the verbal
0: So how do you think that played in your personality?
1: It definitely affected my confidence level a lot. So I, growing up. I had a stutter as well So I wow, I, I couldn't talk properly, you know, and I'm,
0: now you're a motivation speaker.
1: It's strange, right? <laughs> it's strange. I mean sometimes it comes out when I'm on stage
0: but when really? I feel a bit
1: flustered, like I start to start stuttering a little bit, or sometimes I can't get the words out just, just the way I like it. But I kind of got it down to where you can hardly notice.
0: Yeah, I never knew.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> okay, so from the bullying, you got a stutter.
1: I don't know if it came from that, hmm. but I just know that it definitely affected. Like, I didn't want to be, you know, in that school plays. You always get, you know, in the, in, you know, you always used to do the 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 Christmas plays, and I never used to want to be on stage. I never wanted to be, in, you know, known. I I, I kind of wanted to be invisible so people didn't take notice of me. Yeah. But it's the opposite now, which is bizarre. What age was that? I was about between the ages of seven to about ten. Well, yeah, about six, six to ten, around that age.
0: That's really tough sometimes when I think because. I think uh, children are very helpless now you have your own child yes so you start to feel how helpless uh, that human small human being mm-hmm. is
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's extremely dependent on the environment you will provide mm-hmm. if you provide a turbulent violent abusive they'll come up to be messed up yes if you really do it well you might have, they have somebody mm-hmm. who'll shine mm-hmm. be confident or beautiful and yeah. you know expressive yes. mm-hmm. it's completely dependent on you imagine like What John does to his child Mm. will determine their next 30 to 50 years, at
1: least. It's like a seed, isn't it? You drop a seed in, and that seed just starts to develop into something else. Yeah. And I think if sometimes you, you know, maybe, I don't know, like, when I grew up in my family, you know, Chinese were very strict. So, you know, there was beatings as well. So when I was a kid, I got beat a lot.
0: Parents or bullying? Parents. Yeah. (laughs) Arab families also do that a lot. Right. We have the, you know that they'll be to teach you manners yeah. and it reaches that a mm. lot but also i think there are some similarities john in uh, asian and arab um, mentalities and upbringing so mm. they have certain like education is so paramount yeah. uh, being a lawyer a doctor engineer is so important everything else is a joke you can't mm. be a footballer or athlete or a singer it yeah. it's a joke for well, arabs i don't know about yeah. no no it's in asian and then if you do anything else everybody's against you mm. so there are similarities in these environments, but then you come up to be completely different than maybe what they expected you to be or wanted you to be, but now maybe they're clapping because they see you
1: successful. Actually, my parents still don't understand what I do. Really? <laughs> they, still don't, they still don't get it, but they kind of go with it. Yeah, because they know you're successful, so it's okay now. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've got the nice things, and you know, now they don't have to worry about the sun, so it's kind of like the roles have changed. Yeah. So they, they don't quite understand, but they can see it working. If that makes sense.
0: How was the relationship with them, your parents?
1: Um, actually, I didn't see my parents till the age of 11 years old. Wow. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because we, were, I mean, when I say I didn't see them, I'm, there was no connection because my parents did, they worked in a Chinese takeaway. So, you know, in the old days, people would, would migrate from Hong Kong to England and they would start their own Chinese takeaways. And so the Chinese takeaways open every single day and it opens from five o'clock till two o'clock in the morning. So of course by the time my parents I would be in bed. It's actually my it's actually my aunties and uncles who brought me up. So that's why I didn't really get to see my parents properly until the age of eleven. That's when we started talking and connecting and I mean, of course, we do all the childhood things, but it just there wasn't that close relationship. And you think that gap affects a child? I think so. I think that's why, you know, ever since a kid I was quite independent. I was like, I'd be cooking my own food when I was a kid. You know, I think the first thing I cooked was was an egg. You know, I was so proud of it. But the, actually, the, what I did the first time, I actually got a plate, and I put the plate onto the gas, and because I, I just saw my parents cracking eggs on. What I didn't realize was, of course, if you heat up the, the plate, it'll crack, mm. it'll crack. And was, that, was, that was my first experience of cooking. Interesting. You know?
0: And I read, mm. um, in the research that I got, mm. that you were dishwashing. Yes. And that's your first job. I don't yeah. know at what age.
1: Yeah. I, like, we you know, when they're Chinese, when we, are, when we grow up we as kids, yeah. you know, we're expected to work in our Chinese takeaway. So, you know, chopping mushrooms... Around what age? Around five or six. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I got quite good at chopping mushrooms. Like I, got, I had a whole system. So right. instead of chopping one at a time, I'd line four up at the time and then chop them all at the same time, speed things up, you know? It's, uh, yeah. it's extreme. For me,
0: uh, human beings, I mean, all, all human beings are extremely interesting and extremely unique Mm. and uh, the ingredients that make you up and make everybody here up are very unique and so i always say you should never compare yourself to somebody else because it's not apples to apples Mm. not at all it's like a pineapple to a seed maybe like it's so different Mm -hmm. because of them even in your house yeah if you have cousins or siblings that were literally in the same house Mm -hmm. each one is different usually one becomes the wild one one is the quiet good one and it's the same parents, or, and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. So for you, like, you went through, I wonder how these things all play the role in the John that's sitting in front of me now. The bullying, mm-hmm. the working, the independence. Like, they, You can't condemn anything, no. it's you. Mm. You know? I find it so interesting. And I read um, that you, you struggled with dyslexia. Yeah, and still do. So, I, still is do. It the, I think it's a spectrum, right? of how high it can be. Yeah, I Some mean, I really mean struggle.
1: at the extreme level, it's. I mean, if you look at a book, you just can't read. Um, and I think it actually happens a lot to, I've been told, to people who are bi- bilingual.
0: Interesting. So if Everywhere. you have,
1: like, two different languages, it's more in those types of people. So, you know, when I was growing up, you know, they spoke Chinese at home, but also English, so I was kind of like... And it wasn't until I was, like, 16 or 17 where I was... People said, you know, you, have you been diagnosed with like this, like C. Have you have been to get checked? I'm like, no. What is it? And so my my theatre um, teacher at the time couldn't understand why. Okay, I was quite good at you know talking and doing things, but when it came to the written, it was like a different person. And she's the one who found it.
0: Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. And how did you manage it once you knew?
1: So once I knew. I mean we were, we were quite lucky actually because we had a lot of like grants where you could like they would get computers that would that would read things to you um I'd have a dyslexic teacher who would okay. teach me how to learn things in different ways so you know instead of having books which were all single spaced you'd have to like triple or double space them so you could read it have text slightly bigger that's why even till today um when I'm speaking on like, all my notes are double spaced and 18 points Till today.
0: Interesting. And
1: also, and uh, we also, uh, my, my best friend um, or tool that we had was highlighter. So we, had, we always carried a ha- yellow highlighter around with us, so we could highlight things, so it would stand out, so we could read it easier. And that's why till today, my all my notes will ha- also have highlights in it as well. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So so it's true that what you learned back then it just goes and right, right up to where I am right now. It's, it still stayed with me.
0: Um. The bullying, I want to just go back to it for knowledge and mm. awareness. How long did it take? Because I can imagine that you go to this new country and uh, you look different. You said you only No, feel... no I was
1: born in England. I was ah. born in England, but my parents, they came from Hong Kong. So even okay. though I'm a, They call me a BBC, a British-born Chinese. Okay. So even though I was, I was from the UK, but because I you look different... different.
0: And you're in yeah. a place that doesn't have a lot of nationality. Yeah, well, we
1: were the only two Chinese people there. How, how long did that bullying take? For at least, what, two or three years. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and also as well, because the town was so small, we used to see the bullies out, outside of school as well. And so I remember like, being my friend, we always, when we saw them, we always used to hide and avoid them, or we'd take a different route. And one time we got chased, or even the bullying happened outside of school as well.
0: And would they verbally only, Mm. because you said the verbal parts, but would they also
1: beat you? No, Like I used to get flying kicked in the back. Yeah, I remember one time I had my new jacket on and we were out, you know, just with my friends on the bikes and I just got this kick in the back. I fell on the floor. I took my jacket off. I still had the foot mark on the jacket at the back. You know, so, or walking. I remember one time I was walking around on the bike and just got smacked in the face for being Chinese. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's no joke. Does it make, how does it play, or how did it
0: play in your story? These years that you feel weak and you feel you can't maybe, I don't know, there are six guys and it's your one kid and versus the majority or whoever. Like how does it play in the mindset? You said confidence. Mm.
1: It plays with your confidence, but you get angry or depressed at that age? Mm. I, I think it made me more determined, like to be stronger. You know, like back then, when I could, I started lifting weights. I and mean, you can't tell now, but back then I used to be a lot, you know, in much better shape than I am now. And I think back then it really made me like I just wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be more quicker. I wanted to be faster. I wanted to be more intelligent. I, want, I wanted to be the. It made me want to be the best version of myself that I could be. So there was no excuse if anything else happened. At least I, I did my best. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you, you
0: used it. I guess so. Yeah? To fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, how, why, why do you do what you do John like now today you, you're in a specific field right you, you'll help people whether it's business advice but why do you do all of this
1: I think because you know 10 years ago if you longer than that you know I my parents like like you said we, we have very similar upbringings with our parents become a doctor become an accountant become a sister and I always didn't feel it didn't feel right to me not because I wasn't Told the right way, or maybe because I just wasn't good at school. I just didn't fit the mold of somebody who go to school, get good grades, get A's, like B. Like, I'm the type of person who, if there was an exam coming, I'd have to revise for weeks just to even come close to getting a D. That's the type of person I was. You know, so I just, I just never, for me, it just never sat well. So I understand there's lots of people out there who are exactly the same. You know, they're not gifted, naturally gifted with, like, even today, like you give me some sums to add up, I, I can't do it. Like, I gotta build, take a calculator out to do it. And people, like my brother's like, come on, that's easy, you can do that. But it's so hard for me to calculate in my brain. Like, almost people say, oh, you, you're dumb. Like, come on. It's like, that's easy to work out. What would be normal for other people? So I knew that actually, the formula we were giving when we were kids is you know, go to school, get really good grades, become intelligent, and then you'll be successful, and then you'll get the things in life. Actually, that wasn't the case. Because actually what I started to realize, the people who did not graduate from school, who did not get the good grades, I saw when I went back home are the people that started doing well. I thought, there must be something else here. Hmm. And that's when I stumbled upon self-development. That's when I stumbled upon self-help. That's when I stumbled upon learning things which are not taught in school, which then give you the edge and the advantage and the things that you should learn. Instead of being book smart, right? you become street smart. And so that's what I started to realize, I thought, wow, you know, you don't actually have to be intelligent. And I noticed all the friends around me who actually wasn't even smarter than me, they were more successful than me. They started to make more money than me. They had you know, better careers, they had better life. I was like, how is that possible? And that's when I learned that you have to, if you want to create your life, you have to go out and create the terms in which that allows you to do it. So that means you've got to learn before you earn. That means you've got to go out and test it. You've got to get experience. You've got to be in the field. And so I know that that's what not a lot of people understand. They don't know that this stuff's out there, right? They only know to go to school, get a job, work for somebody else. How about start your own business?
0: Why do you think, John, on this specific point, I'm sorry for stopping Mm. you, why do you think if me and you, Mm. and people who are in the same mind frame are thinking, there's something off in this system, right? Mm. There's something, there's a flaw. Mm. How come, like you said, the guy who wasn't really good in grades suddenly successful because he's street smart? Why do you think the system still exists the
1: way it does? I think it's con. We want everybody to conform, right? Someone has to pay the taxes. Hmm. You know, I think there's this whole conspiracy of how school started in the you know many many years ago. When the workers went to work, they put the kids in a place where they could learn, and so the the parents could work, and so the kids were somewhere. And that just system just never changed. It never evolved. Like they don't teach them. Like, If you think about it, why do people go to school so they can learn, get a job, earn money to pay for things? Because the world is run on money. So if money is so, is so important, why isn't that taught at school? Why isn't investing taught at school?
0: That's what I was talking about literally right? yesterday. We don't know anything about how to manage your money. Right. Whether you make $100 or 100000 You don't even know how to manage the $100. Right. If you don't know how to manage 100 you will never know how to manage 100000 how to invest, like you mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing is taught about love, mm-hmm. mental health, marriage. Mm-hmm. All big, kids big pillars, kids up, yeah, big, right? big pillars in your life. Right. People are getting mm-hmm. depressed, are, are having divorces, people are leaving jobs, people are going bankrupt or mm-hmm. in debt,
1: and none, none of that is was taught in school, none. Right, right, it's almost like we have to fend and learn for ourselves. But if we were prepared for that, then I think, People's lives will be much easier. Like we everyone gets like my parents, another view, but they, they're always taught, you know what, you need to save money. It's the worst thing you can do. Why would you want to say, why would you want to lose money every single day in the bank? It will never if you save money, it never grows. Correct. You have to put it somewhere. But no one teaches us where to put it. How like okay, we work really hard for money, but how do we multiply that money? Yeah. How do we make it grow? How do we turn one pound into three pounds into five pounds into ten pounds? You don't know unless someone tells you, unless you go out and physically find someone who's doing it and get them to do the skills transference from them to you. That's why I think peer groups are important. People you hang around, you learn different things. You have different And the, peop-
0: the problem um, <clears throat> is human beings, when they don't know, they either criticize or are just mm-hmm. too afraid to try. Mm-hmm. So even me, my if I go back to my childhood all the way till now when I, I just started reading these books. Mm-hmm. I just finished a very cool book yesterday also. Mm-hmm. Something about uh, uh, secrets of a, multi, of a millionaire mind. Something yeah, like yeah. that. Very yeah. cool yeah. book. Yeah. I'm like, I wish I read this at 18. Right. And then I'm like, coming on to the point why people don't invest or let their money move is because they don't know. So they're afraid of risking like stocks. They're like, oh, I don't know anything about stocks. I really said, no, 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 I don't know. My friend had a bad experience. I don't, and when they don't know, it's like going on a roller coaster that you've never heard anything. You don't have a safe or nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, they say that you know, the reason why people don't start a business is because it's risky. And actually, if you look at the statistics, 95% of businesses fail. Well, how do you spin that? What do the 5% do differently? I believe that business is not risky because you're informed. Like, if, let's say you're not going to jump out of a plane, right? You would not jump out of a plane without any training whatsoever, would you? You just wouldn't. So you need to get the knowledge first. And yes, there is risk, but our goal as entrepreneurs is to de-risk the risk, to know the outcome or to predict the outcome or very close to where it's going to be before it even happens. And so how do you do that? Education, experience, knowledge, evolution, keep evolving and constantly keep pushing the boundaries and adapt to different circumstances. So if that doesn't work, okay, do that. If that doesn't work, do that. If that doesn't work, do that.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a level of guts mm. and curiosity to do what we do. Mm. Like, I'll give us some credit here. <laughs> but I think, like, because I noticed, like, you would be teaching a lot of people mm. what you know. Mm. I don't know what's the percentage of people that actually apply it, but mm. I'm, I'm assuming low. Mm. Because of pre-programming, it's nurture versus uh, na- nature versus nurture, I think that's yeah. what they call it. Um, and it's then you're, you're, what John is telling them is you're fighting their ideals, what's their blueprint, what's their infrastructure inside. Yeah. So sometimes you'll succeed as John because you convinced and it clicked, and he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna try. Mm-hmm. Or they'll be like, no, no, no. Like they'll try one step and then they'll go to three back, back to the comfort zone. And, mm-hmm. and I think this leads me to one of the questions I had Do you think motivational speaking is a bunch of nonsense? Do you think. It's a, it's a band-aid, mm. like it's not sustainable. It gives somebody a high. They come to your workshop, oh, I love this. Uh, and they get so excited, the first week, mm-hmm. they're applying everything John said, and then ooh, back, to, back to their old habits. Mm. So do you think this whole space, maybe not only you, as John, yeah. but the whole space, is overrated or mm-hmm.
1: not sustainable? Well, first of all, um, I, I don't see myself as a motivational speaker. I do a lot of talking yeah. on different topics, mainly business and entrepreneurship. Yeah, correct. Um, but there is a level of motivation uh, applied in that. So the way I say it, it's kind of like, it's popcorn. Like, you know sometimes when you tell your kids not to do something, and they go and do it anyway, and they have to learn from themselves. Sometimes it takes the 10th or 11th or 12th person to say exactly the same thing to you for them to, oh, I get it now. So... It's it's all about timing. For example, if you came to my event now and you came in four years' time, it'd be, if you came to the exact same event, you'd have a different experience depending on how you are. Interesting, correct. So is your mind open or is it closed? I can tell you for the people that do exactly what I tell them to do, they start getting results. But the people that don't do anything, of course they're not going to get any results. So it's about, it's not about motivation, it's about purpose. What's your purpose? What are you going to be doing it and why are you going to be doing it? One of the questions I was asked people when they come to my, my, my event is, why are you here? Tell me why you're here. Right? And who are you doing this for? Hopefully not for you. So when there's an external force involved, it's kind of like people, they, 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 they won't do prevention, but they'll go for the cure. If You tell people to stop smoking, they won't smoke unless something happens. Then they will go to the doctor. Doctors say, hey, You know, stop smoking, something bad's gonna happen. So you have to get to that point where that that pain threshold, I think the biggest problem, if you ask me, people are too comfortable. Too comfortable. They're too comfortable. It's like, oh yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever if I don't do X, Y, Z, because I'm still gonna be right here. So you have to find what it is that people are doing and why they're doing it. And if they can find that reason, like a wedding, People always guaranteed to lose weight in the wedding. Why? Because they want to have that perfect wedding picture, right? And the picture, that don't want to look fat, right? So they always lose weight. What happens after that? Bang's gone. There's no reason. There's no driving force behind it. Mm. The problem with motivation, I think, is this is an, a powerful question. Is that motivation wanes, purpose doesn't. I think one of the reasons why you and I sleep not as much as we should be sleeping. Sometimes I feel like sleep's a waste of time, and it isn't. By the way, anyone watching this, it, it's not. I feel that it's not. It's not a way. I mean, it's so important. But if there was a pill that I could take and it was fully healthy and I could I could get by with not sleeping, I would take it. All right? But I, I'm not. By the way, if everyone watching, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not condoning that you should not sleep. But, but you I get definitely, it. That's why I got this to I get track it. my sleeping habits. Yeah. It is so important to regeneration, to your energy. But I know, like mm. I always maybe not
0: always i don't like this word always um i don't like always or never because we contradict ourselves um i feel like there's so much to do and that 24 doesn't fit but then i can't i need to stop blaming the time and get even better and better at time management which i'm generally very good at but i need to get better and better Mm. then the better we manage our time and the better we do what you just said Mm. 10 minutes ago is let our money work for us Mm. eventually it should be running and moving the the more time we will have to spend with a loved one or a friend or alone Mm. i think that's the key or that's the the goal it's it's interesting also that you mentioned that human beings are extremely wired for goal orientation Mm. like when you have a goal like I heard so many guys say, "Ah, oh, the summer is coming up. I need a beach body." Right. So you see, that's their goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to go to Ibiza or whatever <laughs> Maldives, and I want to look good in a six-pack. Right. But as soon as that's done, yeah, they're back. Mm. And it's I think us as human beings, we have to have that. But I'll, I'll switch it to you. If that's the hunger, mm. what's the goal for you? Why are you running? Why are you here? Why are you? jumping from country to
1: country. What's Be- the drive? Because I have a very... Like, for, for me, my message is, you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it. I know it as cheesy as it sounds. Because the reason why is, 10 years ago, I was sat in a seminar, and I never knew you could do any of this stuff. I never knew that you could you know, multiply your money. I never knew that you could put your money into certain vehicles and it'd make you more money back. I never knew that you could live life on your own terms instead of working from nine to five. Why do people get into business? More freedom, more time to do what they want to do, and ultimately to start living instead of existing. Most people are existing just, just doing it to get by. So for me, it's like a lot of people are on the edge wanting to make that leap, but they're not making that leap because they're uninformed. And so the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do now and the reason why I took a company public, we did an IPO, is because I want to take my company to a billion-dollar valuation So we have enough resources to put back into this business, to spread the message to billions of people around the world so people can get it. I truly believe 10, 20 years from now, there's not going to be a nine to five. You're already starting to see this with millennials. They're going to university. They don't want to get a job. They want to do things by themselves. So I believe in the next five, 10, 10, 20 years time, the nine to five will eventually be, I want to work when I want to work. That's what I, I feel is coming. That's what I see the trend it's coming and now with social media with the internet with the power of having a global economy and a global business from anywhere like from you know being sat here in Dubai right now i can run a business you know in singapore or in malaysia or in the us from my bedroom you know and i think that's what's happening now this this entrepreneur is now turning into solopreneur and when people become solopreneurs, become me.inc. I am my own company. I am going to work on my own time. If I want to get up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, that's what I'm going to do. If I only want to work five or six hours because I want to spend the next five or six hours working, you know, spending time with my family, that's what I want to do. Isn't that
0: dangerous though, John, that there's no structure if that happens, that everybody's kind of a freelancer? Yeah. It's dangerous, no? Well, because then you don't have a team structure. Because one guy wants to go and have a massage.
1: Right. Uh, what do you do? But that's when if you're a solopreneur, that's, that's what I'm saying. So if you want to start a big company, you want to be a, a conglomerate, you want to be like an Amazon, then you're going to need thousands of employees. But What I'm saying is that I th- the trend I see people that's happening in the next 5 or 10 or 20 years is that I will have my business and it will just me be me, a one-man band. Mm. I don't need a team. I can outsource my stuff. I just spent 2 million pounds building an app that I don't even know a, one line of programming. It was all outsourced. Correct. You know, so that's what I'm saying It's that it's not about having massive teams anymore. In fact, a lot of people, my friends that I know are are descaling their teams but expanding the growth through other means. Hmm. So I, I see this, a lot of this moonlighting forward slash freelancing mentality but not as a freelancer working for somebody else but you being your own boss working on your own terms with one of your business models without having all the expenses of all these other business. That's how I see things moving.
0: Do you, um, you mentioned a, a few minutes ago, you said uh, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. And mm-hmm. you said it might sound cheesy. And I think it can be interpreted cheesily. Yes. For example, let's be realistic. If uh, me and you, at our age now, mm-hmm. we want to be professional athletes. Mm-hmm. No matter how much we train, mm-hmm. we probably can't like to actually Mm. go and play uh, in a football Premier League or NBA. I don't know, you know. There's a question I'm I'm asking. I want to ask it out loud because Mm. it plays with my head sometimes. Sometimes I think, okay, Anas, you're 38, you're a decent footballer, Mm. you played at a high level. Mm. If today you literally stop everything Mm. and just properly take care of your body, Mm. take your skill level high, is there a chance of being a professional footballer? I would say... There's a 5% chance or 10%. For but the there is. But there's a chance. But there is. There's and a chance. But then, of course, if I'm 60, that's like 0.1. But then you see people at the age of 70
1: benching more than someone who's doing 30. Yeah, but he can't play basketball or football because he, something will break, probably. But, 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 well, it depends on how you're conditioning yourself. I believe everything's in the mind.
0: You really think if I both really of us literally
1: I... dedicate from today for the next year,
0: we can be professional athletes in something?
1: Everything's conditioning, isn't it? Hmm. Everything like speaking a language, like lifting weights. Think of a time when you thought something was, I, if you think back to this, me being this Chinese kid in Burnley, which is actually, you know, one of the worst places to grow up being Chinese, right? I'm not saying that, I'm just saying like the, you know, that, that yes. area, there was a lot of racism, especially going back, and you probably heard in the news, all these riots happening in the town, it was, it was tough. Like you look at the odds from someone growing up there to starting a company, to doing an IPO in a company, to listing a company, it, it you just you just wouldn't expect it. You just wouldn't. You know, who'd have thought Donald Trump, whatever controversy there is right now, he's president, what is he, what, in the 60s, 70s? Yeah. You know, look at the Colonel Sanders, KFC, look at the Disneys, look at all these big names. In fact, Warren Buffett didn't make his first billion until he was in his 60s or yeah. 56s. he's going to go into the 60s. So
0: yeah.
1: I, I, I truly believe if you condition, you put the time in, then you'll always get the result that you want. If like, for example, my business partner, right? if you look at him, he's, he's in his 50s. I saw a picture of him in his 20s and his 50s, and he, his body, his shape, his physique, his energy, they look like, he looks younger in his 50s picture than he does in his 20s. Wow. It's But this is one of the things we need to understand. We need to understand nutrition properly. We need to understand our mind. You mentioned mindfulness as well. You know, our, not, not only our IQ, but our EQ. We only just started to talk about this. They say that in our generation, there will be a pill that comes out that reverses aging.
0: Yeah, right? right.
1: Look at how long people used to live 50 years ago, 100 years ago. It was yeah. 30 something. It's like 30 something. Now we're going on to our hundreds.
0: Yeah.
1: 10 years I from now. I think
0: average is 70 to 80 now.
1: Right. 10, 20 years from now, it's going to be 150. Yeah, imagine. And then 200. It's crazy. Right. Technology is changing so much. The, 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 the science. Look at the technology. This thing in our hand, what we use every single day, you know, the, 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 the generation one of this phone. Was ten times the power of the computer that took the, the the you know rockets to the moon. So you look at computing power, how much it, it, it doubles. You look at all these science fiction is now becoming fiction. Nanites, all these things in our blood that can find cures. AI now spotting cancer way before anybody else. Mm. These are the things we need to, I guess, be grateful for. And that's why I think you've seen the film The Matrix, right? when they put that thing in your, in your, in your brain and you can just put, download on it and now I can speak a different language. Yeah. Right? That's why you know, stuff like this, if you look in there, there's like microchips in there. You see the yeah, microchips? I can see it tracks everything. Before you'd have to do everything manually. You have to put this heart thing on, track your resting heart rate, measure your temperature. So for example, yesterday, um, it tracks how many, for example, if your temperature goes up or down while you're sleeping and if it starts creeping up, it'll show you the graph, that's when you're gonna start getting ill. So you need to take it easier. So there's so many things happening that we just need to have an open mind because mind is a powerful... We don't even understand our minds.
0: We only use, what, 10%? Or... Yeah,
1: they say that if you could use 20% of your brain or, 20%, or 25%, 30%, you could actually re-change your whole body shape and your face and your structure I think it
0: would be crazy if we know how to tap into more. Uh, The brain is a mystery Like it's a certain size But we only use a percentage And you like Imagine the possibilities If you use a bit more Double Double is what 20 Yeah. It's crazy And it took us With the 10% It took us to reach This technology Right
1: But you see the graph Doing this That's why In the future You know They're talking about You know Is is science fiction Coming real Look at robotics now Look at um, Virtual reality Oh, yeah, that, that's it, also yeah, interesting. Right? It's everything, gaming, and how gaming has changed now. I used to work for a company EA games, 10 years ago. I look at how gaming was then, I look at how it is now. It is completely different.
0: Okay, I'll switch it to personal. <laughs> your uh, social media doesn't have
1: your personal side. Why? Um, well, first of all, my daughter. So I if you look at my social media I hardly ever post pictures of my wife or my child um, because those pictures get abused as well so I've had a lot of people create a lot of fake accounts and the you know the fake John Lee they start taking those pictures start putting them on there so that's why I choose to So you did start that way No I mean if you look at my earlier posts there's a lot of like, it was mixed. family stuff in there. Ah. Yeah but now I just don't because mainly because you know I know what social media is like you know having a lot of people follow me I know you You get the positives, and you also get the negatives. So, I don't. I want to give my daughter the choice to be on social or not to be on social. Yeah, same with occasionally I'll make the random post, but yeah. And you prefer
0: it this way? Yes.
1: Yeah. And it's okay with the wife that she's not featured. Well, she gets random messages from women, from guys, and from just people adding her and. You know, oh, you know, John Lee's my husband. What are you doing? It's, it's weird. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. Right. I think she got a message once from um, someone saying, "Oh, why Why are you pretending to have a child with John Lee?" I'm like, it's so that... social media is crazy. It can be. It, it's, it's so it's creepy as well.
0: Yeah. I was yesterday. I started watching a documentary, uh, um, and it's about freaky crazy stuff and crimes from digital oh. we'll see mm-hmm. i still didn't uh, finish the first episode yeah. how long have you been married oh five years now oh, wow nice yeah. and when did you become a father a year and a half ago how did it feel yeah
1: oh, it's amazing yeah it's like the, the sense of responsibility but you're already a responsible guy but this is the thing, like, you know, you asked me to manage a multi-multi-million-dollar company, a public company. For me, stressful, but I can manage it. For me, because I've been doing it for 10 years, I find it easy. Yeah. I, I know the process. When a child is born, there's no manual. Where's the manual? You know, it's just kind of like, I remember the You're first You're looking band, under the bed. Right, it's, it's the manual, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, when they cry, how do you stop them from crying? You know, changing nappies, that was a... Interesting um, journey, yeah. You know, dodging poo, like the poo would fly out and yeah. you get to learn. So, yeah, it was... But
0: I want to ask it, I'll, I'll take it one degree yeah. deeper. For a guy that's... Uh,
1: do you think you're present? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, there's times when I'm present, there's times when I'm I def- definitely not present. So we have rules. So, like, for example, breakfast, we have date nights. Date nights, the phones don't go out. By the way, if anyone's watching this, you want to go out and not have a phone, don't take your phone and turn it upside down. It's really hard. Just don't take it at all. So, we have, like stealth days. Like I tell my team, okay, today I'm going stealth. So, that means they, like, they know that I'm not going to reply. Okay. So, we do have rules, and we'll actually schedule the time in yeah. as well. So, yes. Yeah, then the calendar is blocked. Yeah, it's really important.
0: Um, so, for a guy like you, where I would uh, assume your mind is moving, thinking, solving, entrepreneurial, right? Mm. Um, I don't know how it is for you, but do you think it's easy being married or being a father when you're so engulfed into your career and how to grow it and build it that you can become, you can compromise and disregard or not give the right or enough attention and you start to feel guilty or not Mm. to the personal whether it's your parents your brothers your friends your wife your daughter how does that play with you because and sorry for the way i'll describe it but it can be a distraction yeah it is It is. or it can be an added value and a balance yeah but some entrepreneurs will think relationship commitment mm. parenting mm. distraction i need to mm. just be at work and not feel guilty another will come and tell you no it's a balance
1: yeah but then you gotta ask yourself the question why are you doing it in the first place right you're doing it because of family, because of your loved ones, because you want a better lifestyle, because you want to do the things you want to do. So ultimately, what? here's the thing about being a human. It's like you don't know how far you can be pushed until you push yourself. Like when I had Kira, in my mind I was like, how am I going to manage being a father and all this at the same time? But you know what? Manage. You, it, somehow your body, you just adapt. I think that's the great, the Charles Darwin quote, it's not the most strongest or the most intelligent species that survive, it's the most adaptable species that survive. I think that's the key here is about being adaptable, about being flexible, about being able to turn, not be like one direction or be black and white. You have to be gray and at any time be prepared to jump and do things in order to be able to to adapt to that current situation. And that's why entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. We're problem solvers, that's what we do. And so, you know, when I'm with my family, it's my family time. When I'm with work, we do work. Oh, now we have these like this right now. It's not a vacation. You say work So I knew that I'm going to have an event. So I fly out, you know, uh, uh, you know, four or five days before. So we have the family time and now we have the work time. Yeah. So it's not work-life balance. You have to integrate it. It's work-life integration into what you want to do. And then that's what I mean by building life on your own terms. So for me, I love to travel. I, I love experiencing different cultures. Yeah. So I built my whole business around that. That's you asked me one of the reasons why I fly around the world because I love traveling. Mm-hmm. Right. I love you know when when you invite kindly invited me to to your residence and your family was there. I got a new experience for me. It was like wow, you know that was a beautiful experience for me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know and that would never have happened if I wouldn't have come here. Correct. So I got to experience that. And I think life's all about experiences and memories. You know, so, so that's why we got to do what we got to do and to get to the end of the, you know, your deathbed and say you know what
0: was it worth it so you, you, you are you saying
1: you're doing this for them for your family or yeah. are you doing it for John both both mm. people say you, you can't have your cake and eat it why not why can't you have a cake? What's the point of having, I thinking, What's the point of having a cake if you're not, if you're not going to, to eat the, it? Right? This was
0: in the book. <laughs> right. It was literally, and I think one of the things that it said, he was trying to describe the difference between poor, middle class, and rich. And he said one of the characteristics of the rich is they think that you can cook the cake and eat it. Mm. Or bake, sorry, bake the cake and eat it.
1: Well, why why, well, the question why is, not? Why, why would you bake the cake and not eat exactly. it? Exactly. Right.
0: Like, <laughs> you should also enjoy it.
1: Okay, interesting. Right. So, you, you can, that's what I mean, you're buying... If you think you can't do it, then you're right. If you think you can do it, you're right. It's Henry Ford, right? So you just got to find a way. Like one of my quotes is you got to do whatever it takes, even when times get tough. Like whatever it takes. When people say, what do you do? You say, I do whatever it takes. And you have to make it happen. And sometimes I I have no idea how I'm going to make things happen. But at the end of the day, it happens. Would you say you're happy? Yes. That's good. I'm very, I, I love doing what I do. I love traveling. I love having this amazing team travel with me. Yeah. I love having a, uh, being responsible for my team of people and for their livelihoods. I love giving my daughter experiences that she would never have had when I never had when I was a kid. My wife, she doesn't have to work anymore. She can be a full-time mom. That's her choice. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm really living with purpose.
0: And the pur- your purpose, um, because like, the interview goes through uh, phases, right? Mm-hmm. So the first phase I started to get to know a bit about your background mm-hmm. and now I can take that string and kind mm-hmm. of connect it to John today. And it feels um, relative that the kid who uh, was bullied uh, was independent from a young age, um, suddenly felt... I need to get stronger, I need to get smarter, I need to be street smart, I need to do... So So you start growing yourself at a very young age, mm-hmm. but then you reach into a field. I don't know if you ever thought you'd be in this field or not. Mm-hmm. No. But now you feel, it seems, you feel a sense of responsibility. Like you said, I want to be a part of this wave to educate human beings that in the next 10 to 20 years they become solo entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Or You feel like it's, you, like you owe it. Yeah. I owe it to the people.
1: Because I know it's possible. You know when you're but
0: but what I'm trying to say, John, is a lot of people know it's possible, but they don't do shit about it. Right. Just is like my secret, my recipe. I want to chill, I wanna have fun in my mansion. Mm. Right? Mm. Few people like you will say, I know the secret, but I want to share the recipe. Mm. And that's the why I'm looking for. Why? Because you don't act like everybody like you does the same thing. They don't.
1: I know that people have a lot of potential. A lot And I think I don't know Maybe because when I was younger You know And as I was growing up Like a lot of I had a lot of people Look into me Like for example My ex-girlfriend Right She said to me You know what babe You should be a motivational speaker I said me? Pfft, no I can't even utter The two words together She said no You really should So what did I do? I gave it a shot it Didn't go so well She said you know what You got something there You should keep trying Then what happens? I meet a motivational speaker And some how, for the stroke of luck, I see him doing all this stuff. Well, so, oh, maybe I can do that. Then I started replicating all the stuff that he started doing, and then eventually I started getting better and better and better and better until some time, someone came to me. Oh, John, that was so inspirational! Wow. And then I started touring the world, and then, then I had a book, three books that have come out now. You know, so my why is it's, it's hard to articulate because I feel it.
0: I know. Right? What you if mean,
1: yeah. you feel it, the, the, the why is if I can wave a magic wand to you, and you could unleash your full potential, that is why I do what I do. That's cool. I don't know if that makes sense. That does. Yeah?
0: What are you afraid of?
1: I'm afraid of not living to my fullest potential. To, to, to just say, you know what, like, did I do enough? Like, was I good enough? Did I put the effort in? Did I really try? Because a lot of people, you're right, a lot of people, they want to do it, but they it's not for them. It's kind of nice. It's got to be, I have to do this. If I don't do it, then what's the point?
0: Best moment in your life?
1: My my daughter. My, my daughter being born. I mean, I remember that, that whole eight-hour labor. I remember every second of it. And you know the interesting thing? So I, I, I had an operation. I had something growing here that got removed. And I was so... I hate operations and things. And I saw my wife go through... the the giving the birth. I'm like, if my wife can do that, this is a piece of cake, you know? And so, that was just such a magical moment for me.
0: It's a miracle, I feel.
1: It's just One of the miracles of life is seeing... You just see the head coming out. You're like, oh my God, it's a human being. And then it's like, eh, it's "It's moving. You know, it's like, (laughs) right? Yeah. Right? And then, you know, it's just like, is it real? Yeah. But then when you see the scans, they're about that big.
0: No, it's crazy. For me, that this thing becomes... Right, right. It's, it's, and with a character and a sense of humour mm. and attitude. And then she does something that resembles you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like, it's, it's freaky, yeah. but in a very nice
1: way. Yeah, like my daughter's one and a half. And I said, like, Kira, it's bedtime. And she's like, no, no. Oh, Where did you get that from? <laughs> answering back, yeah. having your own independence. Nice. Yeah. Um, worst moment in your life? <sighs> worst moment. I don't talk about this much, but worst moment is um, calling off a marriage. Yeah, I was going to get married um, to, I don't know what happened, but Chinese people, when we um, set something, we should follow through. So I remember, um, maybe I don't know, proposed too early, I don't know. But you know when you go through a relationship, it's all honeymoon at the start. Yeah, And then it starts going through a lot of these dark periods. And in your mind you're like, shit, I'm getting married to this person. And you think if every day is going to be like this for the rest of my life, and I should call it off. So anyway, it got to the point the day before the wedding. Everything's planned, right? All your family's flying over from Hong Kong. I actually even booked. Like she, she was Indian, so we were actually in India we booked this hall. I bought out all the rooms in the hotel, so we had to, so we could have the beach for ourselves. We spent a fortune on this. And I remember the day before the wedding, I sat down with my business partner, Vincent, and he said, so we're sitting, wait, wait, having something to eat, and he says, so bro, are you excited? I'm like, yeah. And obviously he knows me well. And he said, you don't sound too sure. I said, I don't know about this, man. And I just thought to myself, it must be this cold feet thing. And so he said to me, he said, you're getting cold feet on you? I said, no, I'm not getting cold feet. I just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And so I remember going home and and from having this conversation with with, with Vincent, and he said, because he got divorced once already. And he said to me, he said, so why don't you just call it off? I said, well, everything's been planned now. We've paid for all the stuff. Family's coming over. He said, he said, bro, and this is what he said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, bro, it's one day for everybody else, and for you, it's the rest of your life. And I'm like, and so, you know, when he told me that, I went home and I'll never, I'll never think, it's so hard. So I went home and I, I sat with my parents and I said, first of all, I tapped my mum first because I know she's not going to be too harsh on me, but my dad, he's the one, right? So I said to my mum, I said, you know, mum, this thing's happening tomorrow. Um, I don't think we should do it. And she was like, what? I said, no, I don't, I don't know. And he's like, you better get married. Like you know your parents. And then my dad's with the newspaper. And he puts his newspaper down and he looks at me. <laughs> you know how dads look at you? <laughs> yeah. It's like if looks could kill, it was like a hammer smashing your head. That's what it would look like. And so we were going through this. Arc. So what turned into this gentle, you know, I don't think I should do this, turned started getting a lot more heated, 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 heated into shouting. And I remember what my dad said to me, he said, son, if you don't get married. You're not my son. Whoa. And that hit me, and I just—I remember picking the car keys up, walking out the door, and I, dro- I drove to somewhere in Manchester. I just stayed in this like randy, dodgy hotel, like a you know one of those joints. And I was there, and my, everyone's calling me, you know, my, my brother, because I like calling me. I, I must have by the time I got to the hotel, I must have had a like, hundred missed calls. And then I remember sitting there, this was around half eleven at night, and I wrote this text, text message, because I had all the, because I was in events, I know how the whole system works, how you get people's details, how you send messages out, but this message was to, in my mind is like, like, and the message was something like, um, hi everybody, so, and I was trying to make up some bullshit in my head, like, oh hi, sorry, the venue's not ready, <laughs> all this stuff, I'm like, I kept deleting the message, and rewriting the message, and I thought, fuck okay, it, I'm just going to do it. And I wrote this message, and just as I'm about to send it, I see a call, from my dad. I'm like, what do I do? Do I click send? And I wrote this message, and the message was basically calling off the wedding. And the phone stopped, and I just clicked send. And that was it, the wedding was over. Wow. That was the toughest moment. Because your family's involved. Because don't forget, all these people are flying over. You know, oh yeah, uncle's already booked this ticket, and you're gonna, and you know, for Chinese parents, it's saving face. It's honor. It's honor. It's like, oh no, you, you know, it's embarrassing and this and that, and it's interesting because I saw my uncle who was really pissed off at that point. He, I saw him like another two or three years later, Um, and at that time, you know, things were still, still not really talking to me. And recently, at one of my other cousin's weddings, he was there, and he said to me, he said. You did the right thing. What, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. After all So of that. after all of that, yeah. and that oof, was the toughest. I tell you still to this it's not like losing a million dollars. It's not like having companies fail. That for me was the toughest. And it's think.
0: difficult also on the woman. Yeah. You know, although yeah. I think you did right by her and by yourself. Mm. You saved both of you. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: but I hope she, sees, she saw it or she sees it now like that. Yeah.
1: I mean, we were just arguing all the time. Like, argue, argue. Everything turned to an argument. Like, that's the toxic relationship. Yeah. Imagine bringing kids up in that environment. No. You know? Too turbulent. Yeah.
0: Any regrets? No. no. None? No.
1: Okay. You know, everything that's happened is... I, I always believe that everything that happens to you happens for a reason. You know, it shapes the person you are. Even the bullying. If I go back in time, I'd still go through the same journey. Because all these little things that hit you are like little superpowers that get given to you, and you can harness them and turn them into something to make it the best. Hmm. And if you don't harness it, like when things happen to me, instead of saying, oh, why does that happen to me? I was like, okay, what do I learn from that? How can I use this? Yeah. How can I do this better next time? So I, I always want to just kind of get to that root and just, be the best at what my, my business partner Vincent also says to me. It's not about being the best, it's about being your best. Correct. That's, that's different. Yeah. yeah.
0: If you're not afraid of anything, anything,
1: what would you do? If I'm not afraid of anything what, anything, what would I do?
0: Yeah.
1: Like if I could do anything?
0: If you're not afraid of anything, you're not afraid of losing somebody, you're not afraid of losing money, you're not just not afraid.
1: Money I've lost. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, so if it's you're all not afraid.
1: Family, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate enough to not have been in a position to lose someone very, very close to me. You know, I think that that would hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's for everybody. Um, but I think, you know, if anything happened to my close family, then that's what I would feel. Business, I'm not scared of business. I'll go into business. Anything business, I'll do it. Right? I don't care if if it's because I, I know that whatever business I'm going to get into, I need to know a lot about it before I do it. I need to start learning. So I know the process for that. But anything of this, like the human size of this, you know, this EQs of that's tough. I find that stuff hard. Yeah. You know, because there's no, like, it's not business like we do this, 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 this and this and you're going to get this. Correct. It's a process, a system. But when you can't see the system, it's like invisible. It's like you're taking a guess and there's entrepreneurs like, hmm, hold on a second, I'm taking a risk here and I don't, I'm not de-risking what I'm doing.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and it only comes with time and experience and mistakes.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. Last one. John, in one word.
1: Possibility. Possibility. Nice one. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks, man.